Well, I'm wondering, uh, have you ever struggled to believe something God... Okay, it's like people have struggled. I get Okay, let me finish the question. <laughs> have you ever struggled to believe something that God has asked you to do? Give me a wave. Have you ever struggled to do something God's asked you to do? Well, there's a disciple in the New Testament who can relate to you and I. And if you didn't put your hand up, I think you might be lying. <laughs> Shouldn't lie in church, people. All right. <laughs> I want to talk to you about a disciple named Philip. Philip had been having a great day. Jesus had just been preaching to the multitudes, to thousands of people. Uh, There'd been a great amount of crowds. So Philip and all the disciples were so excited uh, because God was moving powerfully through this man named Jesus. He had been healing the sick. He'd been doing amazing things. And the team was winning. You know, the disciple team, the 12, they, they were winning. And Philip couldn't believe it. He thought to himself, how did I like, get chosen by Jesus to be part of his disciples, to be part of his crew? He couldn't believe all he was seeing, that every day as he followed Jesus, that blind eyes were being opened and deaf ears were starting to hear and, and miracles were happening through this man named Jesus. I can imagine Philip would have been so curious, so loving the journey, but, you know, half in, half like wondering, is this and could this be the Messiah? He, uh, he, I just want you to picture it for someone like Philip, one of the disciples. How cool is that, that he got to be one of the 12, that he was following Jesus? You know, what we read in the Bible, in the, new, in the four Gospels, he was there in person and got to see it. And we pick up here that after a full day of teaching, and, and I, I just imagine, you know, the disciples were people too, right? Let's, let's, let's be real. Yeah. Philip was probably tired. He was probably hangry. He was probably hungry. He, was, he might have been an introvert. Who knows? He might have been a bit peopled out. I'm so sick of all these people. He was ready for a nap, you know, like the nana naps that we all have on a Sunday. Yeah, Mahela, see that hand. I just pray that Mahela has a great nap today in the name of Jesus. And uh, he couldn't believe Jesus' energy and stamina. And all of a sudden, he's so excited. He's like, we're about to have a nap. Like, we're about to calm down. We're about to slow down. And just as they sit down on top of a mountain, Jesus sees a great crowd of people, around 5,000 men, which most Bible scholars means probably is about 20,000 people when you include all the wives, the women, and the children. And Jesus turns to Philip, hangry, tired Philip. And Jesus said, Philip, I can see all these people are hungry. I want you to feed them. And he's just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, what the heck are you talking about, Jesus? Like, has the sun just made you go crazy or something? Like, Philip was like, he couldn't understand or comprehend what the Lord had just asked him to do. And I laugh and I giggle because I just imagine what was going through Philip's mind. Philip was probably like, well, number one, how can I obey this command Jesus just gave me? Where, where could I actually get this food from? Now, you have to understand where they were. They weren't in the streets of Jerusalem. They were actually out in the wilderness on a mountain. Who knows there's no KFC out in the wilderness, right? 
There's no like, you know, there's no coffee shops, bake, there's nothing out there. And I can imagine him thinking, even if we could get to that place, a place that sells food, how the heck could I pay to feed for enough to feed 20,000 people, right? They did not have enough money. And even if they had enough money, I can imagine thinking, is there even a place that exists in the whole of Israel in that area that could produce enough bread in one moment for 20,000 people? The answer is probably no. And I love it because it's impossible. And, and that's what he thinks anyway. And he asked some of the disciples around him, hey, can you believe what Jesus just asked me to do? Like, is he serious right now? And, and he, he consults with his friends, he consults with his disciples, and he comes to a conclusion that what Jesus asked me to do is impossible. And he goes to tell Jesus, and he goes to open his mouth to tell him, Lord, that's impossible. And then all of a sudden, uh, Andrew, another disciple, butts in. And Andrew said, hey, Jesus, I've come with five loaves of bread and two loaves of fish. And I can just imagine Philip is like, what? Like starts yelling at Andrew, like, shut up. That is not like, well, that's not going to help. Almost like he was making a joke or being sarcastic. But Andrew said, hey, Jesus, I've got these things. And I love this because as Philip was thought of so impossible, Andrew had a different mindset. See, Andrew ignores Philip's comments and he says this, that Jesus, this isn't enough to feed many people, definitely not enough for 20,000, but I thought I'd bring it to you anyway. See, Andrew heard the command of Jesus, the word of Christ, and his mind accepted the command. And though he doubted it, he brought some food and put it in the hands of Jesus. And this tells us here today that Andrew had what we call, or what Dr. Yongi Cho calls possibility thinking. Everyone say possibility thinking. And his thinking caught the vision of Christ. And the, and the story goes on to say that Jesus took what Andrew gave him. He multiplied it. There was a miracle that day, and they fed over 20,000 people with 12 loaves to spare. And I want us all to reflect here today and ask ourselves a question. Am I a Philip or am I an Andrew? Because each of us, including myself, we will all be either one or the other. What was the difference, you might ask? How do I know? Well, I am convinced, and we read in the book, that the difference was their mindset. It was their convictions. It was their thought life. And I want to encourage us all here today with this thought, that your thoughts and my thoughts, our thoughts, mindsets, and beliefs are the lens in which we live our life through. And we will always respond to God's Word to us through the lens of our thinking. And I want you to imagine it like this. Now, this has always been a dream of mine to look like Kim Kardashian in church. <laughs> Do I look good? What's that model pose? I don't know. But anyway, I can't see anyone, so it's all good. I'm just pretending I'm at home. But So we're saying that our thinking... Oh, no, Ash got a photo of me. Delete it. <laughs> Delete it. That's not for socials. All right. So we're saying that our thinking is the lens in which we see life. So Philip, he heard the Word of God. Oh, I could actually read better. Uh, and he said, Philip heard him ask of the impossible, but through the lens of his thought life, I want to think what he did. He went through the lens of doubt. 
Philip went through to the negative. He went to the logical. He went to the impossible. His mind could not comprehend through the lens in which he saw life through how he could do this impossible task. He did the mass. He did the logistics. He held the committee and he couldn't see a way. He looked at the problem through the lens of limitation, fear, and doubt. And without knowing it, the lens on which he saw through, his thought life directly opposed the Word of God that he received from him. But then came Andrew, who had a different pair of glasses. Now, these probably aren't as sexy. (laughs) These are my gardening glasses, baby, I think. Andrew heard what Jesus asked for him, but he had a different thought perception. He had a different mindset. See, when uh, Andrew received it, he went to faith. He went to the positive. He went to possibility thinking. He didn't know how he could do it, but he knew who asked him to do it. And his lens and his mindset was he didn't always have the answers, but I believe that he went to what he was convinced of, that Jesus Christ, there's nothing too hard for him. He didn't look at the problem through the lens of limitation, but through the God who has no limitation. And his thought life came into agreement with the commands Jesus gave him, and this allowed for a miracle to take place. So my question again to us here today, are you a Philip who looks through life through the lens of doubt, through fear and negativity, or are you an Andrew who sees with the eyes of faith through your thought life? My our title here today is Mindset for Miracles. Everyone say Mindset for Miracles. You and I will always default back to what we believe and think about God. And if we come back to this verse, Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. This tells me that, that it's not just our asking that can be a limitation of what God can do through us, but it's our thinking too. Do you know that it's, it's through what we ask or we think? And so our asking can be a limitation of what the miraculous that God can do through us But not just that, but our thinking can be a limitation to what God can do through us. And isn't that an incredible thought and a convicting thought for us here today that our mindsets can limit God's power at work within us? Our thinking, if we're not careful, can become a blockage to the miraculous and the answered prayers God is trying to bring through our life. What is the answer here? We need our minds, our thinking, to be renewed by the Word of God. We need to become bigger in our thinking and bigger in our faith. The Bible says this in Romans 12, verse 2 in the New King James. I love this verse. And do not, this is Paul speaking, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. How can you and I be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Philip had not yet let the words of Jesus transform his thinking, but Andrew had. And the miraculous chose one of those men that day to work through. Are we a Philip or are we an Andrew? As I get into it today, here's my big thought for you and I. Our thoughts and mindsets will either limit or increase the miraculous in our life. 
our thoughts and our mindsets will either limit, be a blockage, or increase, be a door to the miraculous in our life. And Dr. Yongi Cho in The Fourth Dimension gives us three great thoughts on how we can do this, how we can have a mindset and, and a thought pattern and a thinking that allows God to work through us powerfully. So are you ready to get into it today? All right, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready. All right, number one, a changed thinking attitude. A changed thinking attitude. See, when you and I get born again, what happens is the Bible tells us that our spirit comes alive in the moment of salvation. And if you've never said a prayer inviting Jesus into your life, a bit later on, we will give you that opportunity. It's the best decision you can ever make. But the moment you and I say a prayer inviting Jesus into our life, repenting of our sin, accepting salvation, our spirit comes alive. We're born again. We are a new person instantly, the Bible says. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. But how's this? Our thinking, then it's a lifelong journey of being transformed into the image of God. And so spiritually, salvation comes in a moment, but transformation is a lifelong journey that we never fully make it, unfortunately. You can be 85 years old and you still have your your flesh telling you the wrong way to think. It's a lifelong journey. But the scary thought is this is that renewing our mind is actually optional. And what do I mean by that? You and I have a choice. Will we be transformed by the renewing of our mind? God can't force us to. He tries and He will help. But there are some Christians out there that got born again and it's like their spirit's alive and they take a step and their thinking stays stagnant for the rest of their life in the ways of the world. But that's not God's will for you and that's not God's will for me. His will for you and I is our vision, which is transform lives, that we will be transformed into the image of Christ day by day, month by month. But you and I need to make a decision. I'm going to be transformed by the reading of my mind. How? Through the Word of God. And this is so important for us. It's so important. Yong Yi Cho says this, why is it important? Well, as a man thinks, so he will act. Everything in our life will be driven by the thoughts we think. And are we going to be thinking like God's will and God's ways and God's word? Are we going to be stuck in the ways of the world? This is so important. Dr. Yong Yi Cho tells a story of a doctor he knew, and he was a a full-blown, complete atheist. The doctor caused him a lot of personal pain, uh, he says in the book. And one day, this doctor actually had a stroke, and he became permanently paralyzed in his body. And as a result of becoming paralyzed, he was slowly dying. His health was declining at an awful rate. And even though he was an atheist, in his darkest moment, he gave Jesus a go. And he said, I'm going to go to church. And he asked for Dr. Yong Cho to pray for him that day. And it was in a meeting just like this. This doctor's fully paralyzed, sitting in the auditorium. And the Holy Spirit told Dr. Yong Cho, and he went off. He laid hands on him, prayed the prayer of faith. And guess what? In a moment, that doctor stood out of his wheelchair and was completely healed of paralysis. 
Next Sunday, he walked out of that church. He didn't have his wheelchair anymore. He was completely assistance-free. Seven days went on, and he comes to church the next Sunday, walking in by himself with no assistance with his wife. He had been healed. And he came with the expectation, I need Dr. Yongi to pray for me again. But Dr. Yongi Cho that day, for whatever reason, couldn't. And that wasn't going to be a sustainable way forward, is it, that the pastor prays for him every Sunday. And so when the doctor saw he couldn't get personal prayer, he changed his thinking. His thoughts begin to regress and he began to think like his old self again, the self before he got healed, the self before last Sunday. He became unbelieving again and his thoughts went to the negative. As they exited the church that day, he was in his negative mindset. He, he went in one man, he came out another, and on his way to the car, he collapsed, and the, his wife had to call an ambulance, and he was taken to hospital and still struggled with paralysis. And Dr. Yongi Cho writes in the book that he collapsed because he changed his thoughts. The only thing that changed was his mindset from a positive one of faith and, and that God had healed me. And then he regressed back into his thoughts. And this is the reality that our life will conform to our thought life. And unfortunately for this man, although similar to salvation, you know, healing can happen in a moment, but his mind was not renewed. And unfortunately, what followed was not the healing that God wanted to give him. Our thoughts are so important and miracles follow a renewed mind. I want to encourage us here today. Do not neglect your thought life. Are there any gardeners in the room? Like give me a wave. Yeah. Who likes gardening? Yes. Yes. Who wishes someone else would do their gardens for them like me? Yes. Amen. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I'm not a gardener, but what I have realized, if I do nothing, which happens a lot, weeds just start to grow, right? I don't have to do anything for weeds to grow in my garden. I just got to leave it unattended. And you know, it's the same with negative thoughts. If you and I do nothing, weeds will just grow in our mind. The negative thoughts, the, the ways of the world, it will just come without us doing anything. So you and I cannot be negligent, but need to be intentional. And it is vital we renew our thoughts to think positively. And that's what we're talking about here in point one, a changed attitude from thinking negative to thinking positive. Because the Word of God is always positive. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is light and in Him there is no darkness. And so if we're thinking negative, it is not God's thoughts for our life. But the thoughts He gives us are always positive. They are always filled with faith, hope, and love. And so you and I need to, to get God's thinking and be positive in our mindset. Right. Our life is heading in the direction of our most predominant thoughts. And so if you and I are thinking negative, here's the danger. If it's negative, 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 our life begins to head into the negative. But if you and I get the Word of God and we renew our mind and we think with faith and the positive, our life will follow those thoughts. And this is why it's so powerful for you and I. And just as I share how, I want to share one last thought. You and I can control our thoughts. 
It's a lie to think that I can't control my thoughts. I've heard a psychologist say we cannot necessarily control our emotions, but we can control what thoughts we allow into our mind. And this is a muscle we build, but you and I can control what we allow our mind to think on and what we deny our mind to think about. And our emotions will follow our thoughts. And I would encourage us that we are ridiculously in charge of our thought life. It is our responsibility. So how can we do this? I have one thought around this, is we feed on the Word of God. What do you and I feed on? Are we feeding? What do I mean by feeding? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we allowing to bombard our mind? Every time we open up the news, it's negative, negative, negative. Every time, you know, we watch that Netflix show, nine times out of ten, negative, negative, negative. When we talk to our friends at work, uh, complain this, complain that, complain this. Like, we're bombarded, right? But you and I have a choice. Are we going to feed on that? Or are we going to turn some of that stuff off and go, I, I don't want that source in my life. I want the source of the Word of God. And as you and I feed on the Scripture, as we read the Word of God, you know, uh, God said to Joshua, meditate on my Word day and night. It needs to be the number one thing we feed on. And maybe out of today's message, some of us need to turn Netflix off a little bit more. I'm going there. I'm sorry. But maybe we need to stop Instagram scrolling so much. Or maybe we need to stop thinking about our hobbies so much and and what we're going to eat. And maybe we need to give more time to the Word of God in our life. Because as we feed on that, it will shape us to think and be renewed in our mind. Feed on the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Oh, let me just share you five scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Bible says all things will work together for good for those who are loved by God and accord according to His purpose. The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? The Bible says you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that overwhelming victory is yours. Like, come on, seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously and He will give you all you need. The Word of God is filled with faith, hope, and love. It's positive. Amen? Amen. Oh, I need to get moving. All right, number two. Number two, think in terms of miracles. Think in terms of miracles. When we have changed our thinking attitude from the negative to the positive, our second step must be to constantly train ourselves to think in terms of miracles. Because our faith leaks, and the natural drift of your life and my life will be towards the natural, towards the logical, towards, you know, things that aren't supernatural. And I, I remember like it was yesterday, we were in the middle of the L word. We were in the middle of a lockdown uh, in 2021. And Eb and I uh, had been praying and we really felt God say that he wanted us to buy a home in Melbourne. Even before we moved to Melbourne, God gave us clear promises that he wanted us to buy a house in Melbourne. And so we were in the middle of a lockdown, 2021. And I, I remember it like yesterday, we get the, the news that we get our 60 days notice to move out of our rental because they wanted to move in. And I just remember in that moment, I was like, all right, God, what do you want us to do here? Are we going to, you know, go to another rental? Are we, is this the time you want us to buy a house? And, you know, Eb and I, we weren't like fully on board, but we kind of felt God stirring us. Maybe this is God trying to give our faith a bit of a kick to this is now to buy a house. 
And so, you know, about a month goes by. But the challenge here was that because it was locked down, real estate was actually completely closed. So you couldn't even go to open homes. No one was selling their house because it was a dumb time to sell probably. I don't know. But no one seemed to be. And just like for Eb and I, everything was going wrong. And that 60 days began to haunt me. 60, 55, 50, nothing's happening. No open homes. We don't know what to do. 45. 40. It's like a countdown, but not a good one. One that was making me stay up at night, right? And so I remember we're getting to about two weeks out and Eb and I had been hustling. We're talking to our, our broker. We're doing everything we can. We're, we're working hard. We're not being lazy. Like Pastor John said yesterday, we're take, uh, last week, we're taking steps. And I'll never forget, we're about two weeks out and Eb and I have a conversation. And we're like, all right, we've got a pretty big decision to make right now. We're about to be two weeks till we, we leave our house. Are we going to try to find another rental or are we going to believe God? And can I tell you, that day, everything went wrong. We, we felt God say, go, I want you to step out in faith. And can I tell you, within 24 hours, uh, our, our broker had made a mistake and we lost over $100,000 worth of borrowing power. And we were already needing a miracle before that. Uh, number two, just like news after news after news. But Eb and I prayed that night and we just felt God wants us to go to buy a house. And so you know what we did? Like two crazy people, we booked a removalist and they said, where are we taking it? And we said, we don't know yet. <laughs> we'll let you know. And, uh, and, and that began a journey for us. I won't go fully into it today, but what I do want to talk to you about is where do you and I go when problems arise? Because we will lean to our convictions and our mindsets. And you know, I'm not saying it was easy for Eb and I, but we had a mindset that the Holy Spirit helped us to think in terms of miracles. And although everything in the natural was screaming at us that we're going to be homeless, that, you know, I just had all these pictures in my mind of it's just going to be a disaster. But God said to us, and I want you to think in terms of miracles. And when the pressure comes on, where do you and I turn? Do we turn to the negative and the fear or do we go to faith and believe in God? And I believe that this is so important for us that we need to think in terms of the miraculous because God is on our side. And if God is for us, He's going to make a way when He speaks. And so for Eb and I, that was a big moment in our faith journey of God growing our faith muscle because we did believe God and we were homeless for a little bit, but we did get a miracle house and God came through at the last second uh, for us. Uh, which we praise Him for. But I do want to ask us here today, where do we go when things go wrong? Where do we go? How do we receive God's Word? Do we receive the promises of God with a mindset for the miraculous or with one of doubt, fear, and challenge? And, you know, Jesus says this, that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. That's how our mindset needs to be. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. He is going before me. He's making a way for me, and He will miraculously provide every step of the way. You might ask, how do we do this? Well, my point number one was how we feed on the Word of God. Number two, and we're going to learn about this in the next two weeks, that when we receive a promise from God, the Bible calls this a rhema. When we get a rhema word from God, which means it's alive, the Lord's speaking it to us, it becomes a personal promise. We need to meditate on that, that promise. We need to speak that promise out loud, and we need to see that promise. And as you and I do this, our mindset will shift 
from the negative to actually as we, we think on, as we speak, as we see the promise God gave you and me, we will find our mindset shifts. Faith rises on the inside and we choose to believe God. And so maybe today a next step for you is to go back and find the promises God has given you and not just leave it in some journal collecting dust, but we need to get it in our tongue, in our mind, in our mouth and in our faith. And we need to believe God, the sword of the Spirit, believe in God. And can I tell you, on that house journey, you'd see me at 5.30 pretty much every morning, a list of five promises printed out, uh, tears in my eyes sometimes because I was so stressed, but I was speaking the promises of God. Ye will come through for me in Jesus' name. And my mindset shifted. Amen? Amen? And number three, as I invite the band up, please, is orient your mind to God's success. Right. The third step of a renewed mind is to fill it with the orientation to success. What does this mean? It means that God never fails. So if it is God's thoughts you are receiving, you will always be successful. God never loses a war. And therefore, if He is on your side, you will have victory in every battle. God never lacks anything, so you should have an abundant consciousness. See, your consciousness and my consciousness is so important. It's what we default to. It's where our mind just goes without us thinking, and that is leading our life. And we all have these things called ruts in our brains. I don't know if you've heard of the tree in Dr. Caroline Leaf, but it's now completely proven that we have thought patterns that aren't just out there. They're actually physiologically in our brain thought patterns. They're ruts. If you think of a rut, what is it? It's where water flows the easiest down a mountain, right? And so you and I right now, we have ruts in our thinking. We have ways we automatically think. But the good news is this, is you and I can change those ruts. We can shift them to align to the Word of God. And we can get to a point where a problem comes and the first thought is, my God will come through for me. You and I can come to a challenge and our rut goes, if God is for me, who can be against me. What do I mean by orient your mind to God's success? It means that we remember who's on our side. It is Jesus. And to Jesus, there is nothing too hard. To Jesus, there is nothing impossible. I want to read a few verses here. Isaiah 55, 11. Jesus said to him, if you can believe Ah, uh, sorry. Oop, I might read it off here. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but accomplish that which I purpose. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? See, this is so powerful as I land this, is when Jesus Christ gives you a promise, when he gives you a word, it is guaranteed it will come to pass. He cannot lie. The promise he has given you will come to pass. No matter the situation you're facing, no matter the challenge you're walking through, if He has said it, He is the highest power. He is the King of kings. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. He will come through for you and your family. He will make a way where there is no way. Our consciousness, our thought pattern, it can come to a place where we live out of that place. And that's called boldness, people. That's called faith. 
Faith lives in the unknown, but in a deep trust in who gave you the word. How do we grow in this? We just simply remember who spoke to you. Can we all stand to our feet? <clears throat> I'm just going to take an extra few moments. What I'm going to do is I've asked the band just to sing a song, but if you need today to do some business with God, see, the thing about our mindset is we can all waver. I've been there time and time and time again where I've let my thinking go to the negative, not go to faith. And what I want to do is just as we sing this song, I just want to open the altar if anyone wants to do business with God and to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been thinking the wrong way. My mindset has snuck back to the ways of this world. I'm just going to open the altar as we sing. And I just tell you there is an impartation of faith in this room and things will shift in your hearts and your mind. So right now, Jai and the team are just going to lead us. But if that's you, in a moment as we worship, I just want you to come out the front, lift your hands to God and do business with Him here today. Awesome. Thank you, team.